0: Good morning. Um, Our scripture this morning comes from John chapter 8, verses 39 through 59. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. They said to him, We were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God, and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies." But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you which one of you, convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. The Jews answered him, Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you... If anyone keeps my word he will never see death. The demon said to him or the Jews said to him, "Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died as did the prophets. Yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died and the prophets died? Who do you make yourself out to be?" Jesus answered, "If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God." but you have not known him i know him if i were to say that i do not know him i would be a liar like you but i do know him and i keep his word your father abraham rejoiced that he would see my day he saw it and was glad so the jews said to him you are not yet 50 years old and have and have you seen abraham jesus said to them truly truly i say to you before abraham was i am so they picked up stones to throw at him but jesus hid himself and went out of the temple this is the word of our god
1: Good morning, Pillar Family, Good morning. and Happy New, Year. Happy New Year! It's my, uh, it's my pleasure to um, welcome you this morning and to be able to uh, share God's Word together as we uh, continue our look at John chapter eight. That was that was uh, read for us uh, this morning. Uh, just uh, real quick, by way of introduction, um, my name is Jason Rochester. One of the, the elders here at uh, Pillar Okinawa. And I, f- I failed to do this in the first service, so let me just uh, say quickly, because um, it'll come into play a little bit later, but uh, I'm a reservist. Uh, got a uh, fellow reservist there, so uh, John, he's also a reservist. Uh, reservist in the Navy, so I'm here on a, a three year recall uh, here in Okinawa and uh, with my family. So we're very glad to be here and be part of. Um, Pillar Church and to to share in life together here. So uh, we we just uh, recently wrapped up our Advent series, of course, and uh, we're now back in our study of uh, the Gospel of John, and hopefully you know by now, uh, the series theme is Jesus is Life. life, exactly, and we see that throughout John's Gospel that's made clear by his teaching, and by his miracles or, or the signs uh, that, that John calls them. And, and we'll see that today as we open our text. So uh, let's pray and then um, we'll jump right in. Heavenly Father, we praise you for this day that you've given to us. Uh, the start of a new day. The start of a new week. The start of a new month. The start of a new year. As we gathered this morning, Lord, I pray that you would uh, continue Uh, To lead us through your spirit here, your presence here, that you would put aside any distraction, anything that would keep us from clearly hearing and seeing you, and that only your voice, um, your, your spirit would be heard here today. We praise you, we thank you, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So a serious theme is that Jesus is life. And then as we look at our big picture idea for today, we will see that Jesus is truth. Jesus is life. Jesus is God. And then within that sort of um, big idea, we'll see see kind of another sub-theme or some idea, sub-idea, which is that salvation is not by my birth, but by Jesus' blood. So last week, for those that were here, uh, Pastor John, he led us through the first half of uh, chapter 8, where we saw the scene uh, with the woman who was caught in adultery. And then from that, uh, this developing conversation or more really confrontation between Jesus and the religious leaders. And so as we saw last week in this exchange going back and forth, Jesus said that he is the light of the world. He said that his testimony is true because his father, God, bears witness about him and yet they do not know the father. And then he also said that unless they believe in him, in Jesus, they will die in their sins. So I would encourage you uh, later today or uh, this week, if you have time, to to just go back and and review that, to listen to that. Uh, It's on the Pillar website, to to go back and listen to that, uh, because it's a a great um, lead-in for as we move into 2022 and, and how... How to live beautifully, how not to die, for those of you that were here and remember that. Uh, But also because, of course, um, it bears into our continuing conversation today in chapter 8. Now, to be honest, we could spend weeks on end just studying John chapter 8 and never fully unpack and never fully understand and never fully get to all of the message and all of the word that God has for us in, uh, in this particular chapter. We don't have time for that today, so we're going to press on. And, and as I've said before, uh, those of you that were here a few months ago when I had the opportunity to share, I'll try to be brief since I'm already short. So, so some of you, some of you are awake and got that, all right? Um, yeah. Uh, so continuing this, um, uh, again, the big idea for today is that Jesus is truth, Jesus is life, Jesus is God. So we had read for us uh, these verses, verses 39 to 47 show us clearly that Jesus indeed is truth and that those who are of God, they hear Jesus, they accept him and they believe him. Now in the preceding verses, Jesus told the people that they would know the truth and that the truth would set them free. Now, their response here, the the response that that they give to Jesus is that they were offspring of Abraham and had never been enslaved to anyone. So verses 34 to 37 are, are referencing freedom from sin. Now, Jesus, he acknowledged, yes, you are offspring of Abraham but you do the work of your father in trying to kill me, uh, verse 39. So here's where it really starts. Well, this whole conversation has been interesting, but here's where it starts to really kind of pick up some steam because he now is saying that they are not Abraham's children. Now, this might seem like a, just a mere matter of semantics, but that's because, as, as we'll see, the devil is a liar. Those who are the true children of Abraham do the works that Abraham did, namely that they believe God. So Jesus is telling them, by trying to kill me, you are showing that you are in fact not children of Abraham, but you have a different father because you do not believe that Jesus is truth, and that his word is true. So let's turn to Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9 kind of helps clearly demonstrate this for us in terms of offspring versus children. Romans chapter 9, beginning in verse 6. And uh, I think we have it on the screen for you there. Romans chapter 9. But it is not as though the word of God has failed... and Sarah will have a son. And not only so, but also when Rebecca had conceived children by one man, our forefather Isaac, though they were not yet born and had done nothing, either good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls, she was told the older will serve the younger. So Paul here, uh, writing to uh, the Church at Rome addresses this very issue that Jesus here is speaking to these religious leaders about that he 's he's, he's calling out their reliance solely on their ethnicity as the basis for their relationship with God so they 're relying on uh, their their ethnicity in our, in our context. It might be that, that people rely sort of on this cultural Christianity as the basis for relationship with God rather than believing, knowing, and understanding that it is only through Jesus that we have relationship with God. So, as you might imagine, they didn't like this. So they call out Jesus' birth, indicating, uh, you you know, of course, we we know um, that Jesus was born of a virgin. Uh, but so they're, they're calling out Jesus' own birth uh, because there, there was speculation in, in his day about um, his, birth, his birth. And, and so they, the, the, the leaders, are making the claim that God is their father. Now, this would almost be comical if it wasn't so tragic. They are speaking to the one, Jesus, whose father, in fact, is God, claiming that God was their father and not his. Jesus tells them plainly, you don't know what you're talking about. That's that's my 21st century interpretation of that. You, You don't know what you're talking about. If God were your father, then you would love me, you would believe in me, because I have come from God, from him, from the Father, and speak his truth. He says, they, they cannot, you cannot understand, receive, or believe because your father is the devil. Who is, has been, and will be a liar from the beginning. Whenever he speaks, he lies because that is his character and his nature. It's what he did way back in the Garden of Eden, what he was doing in their day, and what he continues to do today because there is no truth in him. What a statement. What a statement. Can you imagine being told that your father is the devil? Yet this is exactly what Jesus says. Only those who believe that Jesus is Messiah... ...who trusted Jesus are the children of God. Regardless of ethnicity, regardless of your lineage of faith... ...or any other human construct that we might try to create... uh, ...to make us believe that we are children of God. And this harkens back to what Jesus said that we saw last week in verse 24... ...that unless you believe that I am He, you will die in your sins... So in essence, Jesus is, is basically, he's drawing a line in the sand. And he says, people are either children of God by faith in him alone, or they're children of the devil. If that statement bothers you, it's because the devil is a liar. And here is where the lies of the devil began to perhaps creep into our American and sort of Western cultural Christianity, and maybe even for some of you, even into our own understanding of Christianity. For example, you've probably heard the phrase or something along this line that we're all God's children. We're all God's children. That's clearly a lie of the devil. Jesus makes it abundantly clear right here that that, in fact, is not the case. And throughout the New Testament, we see that that is not the case. That only those who believe in Jesus are the children of God. So we can see how sneaky the lies of the devil can be. Because the truth is yes, all people are created by God. Absolutely. All people are created in the image of God and have intrinsic value and worth by nature of being created in the image of God. All people are loved by God, and all people are freely offered salvation from God in Christ Jesus by faith. But not all people believe in Jesus, and not all people freely accept the salvation that he offers. And it is only those who believe in him who are the children of God, which stands in stark contrast to this idea of we're all children of God. In their day, they were offering an ancient argument. Perhaps in our day, we might offer a more modern one. But in either case, they're wrong. The reality of both is that Jesus clearly speaks the truth, and yet they, yet I, perhaps we, have not believed the truth, but rather have believed a lie. Now, rather than be offended... Or deceived, We should instead seek to know what the truth is, which of course is found in who Jesus is and what he says. We can't spend all our time here today, uh, as much as I would like to. Uh, we, we can't spend all our time here today, but this has been the working of the devil from the very beginning, as we see in Genesis chapter 3. So in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, it says, He, the, the serpent, the, the devil, said to the woman, Did God actually say? So the the devil has been a liar, he's been a deceiver, and he's been a murderer from the beginning. And his purpose in that always has been to keep us from Jesus. To keep us from seeing Jesus, to keep us from knowing Jesus, and to keep us from loving Jesus and having the the life, uh, the salvation, and all of the blessing that God desires to bestow upon us In Christ Jesus, and rather uh, to have us disbelieve, which leads to death and destruction. So Jesus tells them plainly, I am truth, and I speak the truth of God, who is my Father. And then he goes on to say, If I'm lying, convict me of sin. Who of you can convict me of sin? And the reality is that. None of them can convict Jesus of any sin because he is truth. He is holiness. He is righteousness. There is no sin in him. And yet, when he speaks the truth to them, the very word of God to them, they do not believe because they are not of God. Conversely, those who are of God gladly receive the truth of who Jesus is and gladly receive the truth that Jesus speaks to us. So verses 39 to 47, Jesus is truth. Moving on then through uh, the conversation in verses 48 to 56, show us that Jesus is life. So as the exchange back and forth continues to unfold, the people now are saying that Jesus has a Samaritan, or that Jesus is a Samaritan, and that he has a demon. Now again, if it weren't so tragic, this would almost be comical. Because in essence, there's sort of this back and forth swapping of insults that's that's happening here. Because in that day, perhaps the greatest insult was to be called a Samaritan. Because at that time, the Samaritans were despised by both Jews and Gentiles for being half-breeds. And because they had kind of a distorted Version of the Jewish faith. They had their own. Um, they had their own scripture. They had their own uh, temple and and all these kind of things. So they, they were they were not only half breeds, but they had sort of this distorted version of faith. Excuse me. Now it could be that the religious leaders are insulting Jesus in that way, but also. Uh, more likely that they are just outright rejecting Jesus and his truth claim, which we also see amplified sort of by this jab at him, this this stab that they give to him, that he has a demon. So rather than dwell on this and and, and keep going back and forth just in that regard, Jesus returns to his main point throughout this conversation that those who are true disciples of of him, those who are true disciples keep Jesus' word. And he also in that gives them a warning. So the, the warning comes first. Jesus says that he is here, he does not seek his own glory, but rather it is the Father who seeks Jesus' glory. And not only that, but that the Father is judge. In other words, those who are opposed Jesus are opposing the Father because Jesus has come to do the Father's will and to carry out the Father's purposes. And then, um, so, so that those who oppose Jesus are putting themselves in opposition to God because Jesus, as I said, Jesus is the fulfillment of God's plan and purposes. And so, um, There's this this warning for those who oppose Jesus. But on the other hand, Jesus' promise is that those who keep his word will never see death. Those who keep his word, those who believe in him, have eternal life. We see this beautifully uh, demonstrated and explained by Jesus' own words back in John chapter 3. So if you have your Bible with you, I would encourage you just to, to turn back there. Uh, for some of you you, you, you don't need the term because you already know what it says. Uh, but John chapter 3, beginning in verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. Jesus beautifully says that, he, that those who believe in him have eternal life, and will not perish. What a great promise uh, from Jesus. What a great promise from God that as we trust in him, we have life. Because Jesus' words are life because Jesus himself is life. So let's watch now as this continues to unfold because once again, the people revert back to Abraham. Abraham. And then this time invoking the prophets as well. And it says, they say that Abraham died and all the prophets died. So Abraham and the prophets all believed in God and, and sort of all representing uh, the promises of God, the covenants of God, the, the truth of God. And they all died. And now they're saying, but, you, but what you, Jesus, what you're telling us is that all we need to do is simply uh, believe And you keep your word and will never taste death. Now, did you? I don't know how closely you're following the text here, but did you notice what happened? They changed Jesus' words on him. That's what the devil did back in Genesis chapter 3. And that's what's happening here. They changed Jesus' word on him because uh, Jesus said, Those who uh, trust, who keep his word, will never see death. Here, they changed it to, They will never taste death but he doesn't correct them because in essence uh, both of those are true statements that those who believe in Jesus will never see death those who believe in Jesus will never taste death and so uh, he doesn't correct them and and then they go on to ask Jesus if he's greater than Abraham and greater than the prophets by asking who do you make yourself out to be This is different than what we looked at last week in verse 25, where they said, who are you? In verse 25, they asked Jesus, who are you? Now they're asking, who do you make yourself out to be? Which is, as I said, it is a different question altogether. Because they realize what Jesus is saying. And so they're asking him directly, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? And so once again... In, in, in the majesty and, and the beauty that only Jesus uh, can do, he responds again by pointing out that he's not he, there talking to them for himself and for his own glory, but rather it is because God, his Father, glorifies him. So throughout this entire conversation in chapter 8, Jesus has been saying, I'm not here giving you my own message but the truth, the message that I have received from the Father, God the Father, who sent me. The one who you claim to be your Father, and yet the one who, in fact, is my Father. They do not know him, Jesus says. You do not know him, but I know him. And so in order to kind of drive this point home and to help, help them really understand Jesus also invokes Abraham, saying that uh, Abraham rejoiced to see his day. Abraham rejoiced to see his day. He said, Abraham saw my day and was glad. Now, Abraham was able to see Jesus' day because Jesus is life. We know that already. And Jesus is uh, life. So even though Abraham lived about 2000 years before Jesus Abraham saw Jesus day because Jesus and saw Jesus because Jesus is life and Jesus is life because Jesus is God and so verses 57 to 59 the Jews now they're they're essentially mocking Jesus saying you you're not even 50 years old how could Excuse me, how could you have seen Abraham, or much less, how could Abraham have seen you? Now, Jesus' response to this question is so important. It's the cornerstone of biblical Christianity, and it's what sets Jesus apart from every other religious leader. So, in response to this, Jesus answered them, Before Abraham was... I am. Jesus very easily could have said, Before Abraham was, I was. Which, that in and of itself would still be an incredible statement because he would, making himself, he would be making himself out to be thousands of years old. But he says, Before Abraham was, I am. Thus equating himself with God. Jesus is truth. And Jesus is life because Jesus is God. He's claiming the same status of God. Claiming to be equal uh, with God. The same God who revealed himself to Moses in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. Moses asked God at the burning bush there uh, as he's preparing to go to, uh, to, to, to the people. And before Pharaoh it says, Who shall I say has sent me? And God's response is, I am who I am. And that's what Jesus says. Before Abraham was, I am. Using the name of God, equating himself with God because, in fact, he is God. So now there's no doubt in the minds of the people who Jesus claims to be. It says that they picked up stones to throw at him, but he hid himself and he left the temple. Now, I'm not sure exactly what that looked like or how that transpired, if he somehow sort of masked his appearance. Uh, the Bible, John doesn't describe that as, as a sign or a miracle of his, or if he just somehow uh, withdrew into the crowd and, and was able to, to make his way out. But either way, his time was not yet come, his work was not yet completed, and so they were not able to throw the stones at him. But the question is, why would they want to stone him? And that's because stoning was uh, the, the, the punishment, the prescribed punishment for blasphemy. So in the minds of these people, Jesus, is claiming, Jesus claiming to be God is blasphemous because they do not believe who Jesus is. Now, of course, Jesus, in fact, is God. And so his claim is not only not blasphemous, but is entirely True, And life, salvation, all of these things hinge upon the truth of that uh, statement, that before Abraham was, I am. And so there we have it, Uh, chapter 8, in all of its intricate and uh, at times difficult beauty. So let's take a look now as we think about that. Let's take a look at what's really happening in this confrontation and then what that means for you and me today. So Jesus, of course, he's standing there in front of the people, clearly speaking the truth of God to them. There was no misunderstanding of his words. I I can't help but think about, um, (laughs) forgive me for my analogy here, but I can't help but think about the movie Rush Hour, right? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? The people, there was no problem understanding the words that were coming out of Jesus' mouth. There was no misunderstanding. It was all an issue of the heart. It's all an issue of the heart. The people, they were deceived by the devil. They believed lies about who Jesus was that kept them from recognizing him as the promised son of God, the promised Messiah for whom they had been so desperately waiting they only saw Jesus as a man of questionable birth who was making wild claims. Not only that, they also, so they believed lies about Jesus. They also believed lies about themselves that kept them from relationship with Jesus. They believed that they were children of God simply because they were of Abraham's descent. They believed that their relationship with God was because of some kind of earthly lineage and not as a matter of, of faith, not as a matter of faith. And so this belief that their relationship with God was based on something unique to them kept them from the truth that relationship with God is based on something unique to God, which is His Son, Jesus Just as Abraham believed God, as it says in Genesis, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him or it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Abraham believed. And so those who are the true children of Abraham are those who believe, not those who have some sort of earthly connection. They believe, By believing a lie about Jesus, they missed the opportunity to experience him And to know him personally while he was standing right there with him, while they were living with him. So, then the question for you and for me today is where am I or where have I believed a lie, either about myself or about Jesus, that has kept me from relationship with him? Or uh, where am I or where have I believed a lie? That has kept me from seeing the truth of who I am in light of what, of who Jesus is and what he says. I told the, the first service, and, and I'll tell you again today. I can't speak for John or anyone else who um, comes up here and is, has the opportunity to share the word. But normally, uh, when, when we're preaching, we're, we're really just talking to ourselves. And then all of you just happen to be here, gathered together, listening to this conversation. Um, and so that's what's out. This is, this is for me, okay? But I'm sure it's for you as well. Uh, so we're, we just entered into a new year. Great time to look back over uh, our lives and look at things, as well as, of course, looking ahead into the future and what God has planned for us. And so as I look throughout my life, I can see just numerous examples of where I have believed a lie and it resulted in great harm, great hurt, great pain to myself and to the people that I love. So for instance, um, believing that my identity is wrapped up in my job or how well I perform at my job. I mentioned earlier uh, that I'm a reservist. I started out on active duty for several years and was uh, passed over for promotion, so I was forced off of active duty. And it was, it was really a, a devastating time for me that, that uh, in essence, sent me into a depression because I was believing a lie. I was believing that my identity was wrapped up in what I did and how I did it. The truth of Jesus is Colossians 3, 3. What a, what a beautiful statement. The truth of Jesus is... I have died and my life is hidden with Christ in God. That Jesus is my identity. If I had believed that instead of believing a lie, yes, of course, I would have been disappointed. For sure, no no doubt. But it would not have been such a major episode in my life that would continue to have negative impact and negative ramification for many years to come. The lie of the devil... It's to make us believe that our identity or our acceptance before God the Father is somehow contingent upon me or contingent upon us. But the beauty of the truth is that Jesus, the, the beauty of Jesus is that our identity and our acceptance is in him and who he is and what he says, what he has done, not in anything that I do, can do, have done, or will do, it is in Jesus. That's a very liberating truth because now it frees me to make all, not, not to just go out and purposefully try to sabotage things, but, but to realize that if I make a mistake, if I do something wrong, it's not me that, it's not my identity, it's not anything that I do that establishes my relationship with God. It's the perfect life And sacrifice of Jesus. Another lie that I believed is that I can look at porn or other things on the internet because it's not physically committing adultery. Whereas the truth of Jesus is that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So the lies, the lies of the devil are rampant, they're pervasive. So then what's the strategy to combat them? It's to know the truth. To know Jesus is to know the truth. To know Jesus personally through deep personal relationship with him by faith. It's to know the truth by knowing what Jesus has said and recognizing lies or half-truths when they creep in, like, for instance, we're all God's children, because we intimately know Jesus, and we intimately know his word. It's to believe the truth that Jesus is God, that Jesus is God's Son, my Savior, my friend, my advocate, my rescuer, my Redeemer, my King, and my Lord. He is all I need. It's to know the truth because I know Jesus and for the truth to set me free. For you to know the truth because you know Jesus and for the truth to set you free. Amen.